This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Mitch LaFawn. Welcome to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. And I, of course, am your host, Mitch LaFawn. Mitch, Marathon Month has come to an end. July is over. We are now August 2019. But you know what? Fear not. When I am not on the road, I will provide you with as many shows as possible up until September a lot of heavy Montreal interviews yet to go. I've got uh, Dirty Honey. We've got um, Godsmack and, and a bunch of others. So uh, we'll get to that. And um, since we uh, last spoke, I've been uh, to a bunch of shows, including the uh, Oceaga Festival in Montreal. Always a good time. And I saw the Billy Idol and Brian Adams debut show in Guilford, New Hampshire. First show of the tour. And... We- <laughs> Boy, you know what? It's an eight-show tour. That is not enough touring. That, that This should be an 80-show tour. Now, the uh, the show did well in Guilford, but I'm telling you, if you bring that package up to Canada, for example, it's going to be doing 20,000 20, people a night. Anyway, it, what a great night. You look at the, uh, the two uh, set lists. You've got Billy Idol with, you know, I'm just going to read you a few. Dancing with Myself, Flesh for Fantasy, Eyes Without a Face, and then you finish off with um, Rebel Yell, uh, White Wedding, and you look at Brian Adams, Kids Wanna Rocks, uh, Somebody, Run to You, Summer of 69, Everything I Do, I Do It For You, uh, Back to You, Can't Stop This Thing We Started, etc. It essentially is a show where you get 30 of the greatest MTV Much Music Era videos thrown at you in a three-hour span. There is just no sitting down and getting bored with this. Now, on Saturday, August 2nd, 3rd, the band or the tour was in Maine, I believe, and they had Cheap Trick opening up the whole thing. So, uh, first of all, I didn't know that because I, I would have made the trip, but they had Cheap Trick, Billy Idol, and, and Brian Adams like, oh, you know. Uh, anyway, we 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 had um, we had a great time. Uh, went out and saw that, and I'm going to go see it again soon. And hopefully, 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 the band and management will say, "Hey, you know what? Fans are digging this. Let's let's make this a 2020 tour." And uh, speaking of 2020 tours, uh, a lot of great rumors coming out. There's a um, uh, lots of talk uh, about a Bon Jovi, Def Leppard stadium run. In North America, which, if true, would definitely be the tour of 2020. You know, if if Journey and Def Leppard could do stadiums and sell them out and create a buzz, well, then Bon Jovi and Def Leppard will be the greatest package of 2020. There is also talk of, well, not talk, it's, it's going to happen of the Judas Priest 50th anniversary tour. And, um, well, in fact, that brings us to our guest today, uh, KK Downing. I I had KK on the phone on um, August 3rd, uh, 2019. So if you're listening to this on August 4th, when I'm putting it up, yesterday. I had him on the phone yesterday, and we did discuss the 50th anniversary tour and what he plans on doing and Les Binks and his um, priest tribute band. Is that the right word for it? Uh, and we also tried to clear up some of the latest stuff that has been said in the news. So we're, we're going to get over to, uh, to KK in a minute. 
please, if you can, head over to loudtracks.com forward slash Mitch to pick up a t-shirt and uh, support the show. And also, listen, every so often, I've got to say, if you want, head over to PayPal, MitchMinute at AOL.com, MitchMinute at AOL.com, and uh, offer a, a donation for the show. It, it does uh, cost me quite a bit to get this uh, up and running every day, every week. Uh, anyway, uh, enough about me. We're not here for that. We're here for uh, KK Downing. So uh, without further ado, here is the one, the only, Judas Priest guitarist, KK Downing. On three, two, one, uh, we are speaking with uh, guitarist K.K. Downing. He will be appearing with Ross the Boss at Bloodstock 2019th on August 11th. Uh, good day, K.K. How are you? Hi, Mitch. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you very much. So talk to me a little bit about the, the appearance with Ross the Boss, and then we'll talk about some other stuff that's going on, but... It'll be great to sort of get back on a major stage playing guitar. I can imagine. Well, I think I think that uh, that's exactly exactly right. Really, um, it's been a while, so um, I'm just trying to think exactly what I'm going to say to the fans. Apart from the obvious, you know, um, you know, Jesus, it's absolutely fantastic to be here. You know, after so long, and. Um, you know, with everyone, it's a great event. So yeah, I'm I'm really psyched up for the whole thing. Well, talk to me just about that because even today, when I was going to phone you, you said, "Hey, you might need to phone this other number because I'll be practicing guitar and I might not hear you." <laughs> yeah. Right. So so talk to me about that. Uh, you know, when you walked away from Judas Priest, well, maybe I'm going to call it walked away, and then we'll see how yeah. what the terminology is later. But did you just put down the guitar and say? the hell with all of this, I'm just going to go do this golf course, I'm just going to write this book, and or have you been playing consistently, creating music and thinking about, hey, maybe, do I make a solo album? Do I, what's the guitar situation, if, for the lack of a better word? Yeah, well, like I said, I, you know, I got involved with a couple of bands, did some solo appearances on a couple of albums, you know, just playing some solos and stuff, and I think a couple of songs here and there, but um, just... Um, Bits and pieces and things, you know. Uh, but it had been a long, a long run, really, forty years, and um, you know. And I guess that that's what happens, really. You know, uh, nothing lasts forever. Seemingly, it's, it's pretty hard work. I mean, um, but uh, yeah, we, we were good. There was just lots of things, obviously, happening that you know I just wasn't buying into, really. That I, I just felt were. You know, absolutely not right. And when you feel that you know you have a voice and need to be heard, but that story's been pretty much covered. It's so hard to re- hold down a relationship. You know, people think it's easy. The fans do. You know, but uh, it is a relationship. You know, I mean, um, whatever it is, you know, husband and wife, brother and sister. I do say that. Whatever it is, you know, a working relationship is very, very similar. You know, you have to spend an awful lot of time with people and um but um yeah you kind of um you just feel that when you just need to have the respect that you deserve and if you're not getting it then you know you have to you know um do something about it really you know and um and uh, and I did um but but I always thought that um there would be 
potentially an opportunity, you know, at some point for me to uh, to uh, rejoin, obviously, um, is what I thought. Um, obviously, I think myself myself and Glenn, we were both Scorpios. We were very headstrong and, and something had to happen. But um, with the rest of the guys, you know, we were very family-like and... Um, and very good friends. Like I say, Ian, I went to school with, you know, from the age of, and we went from infant school together, you know. Uh, but how it's ended up like this, I just don't really know. But it, it is what it is. But um, I think it's been so many years now, um, as I said before in the uh, recent interview, uh, if there is no choice, then, you know, you have to take up whatever uh, opportunities uh that you think you're going to enjoy, and um, and this opportunity came along really to jump on a, a major stage with uh, with Ross, and I just think that um, it'll be good for me, hopefully, good for the fans, and uh, I'm very grateful for uh, to Ross for um, inviting me on as special guest. Yeah, I think so. So so okay. So let's talk about it. And I and I don't, I don't want to sort of rehash the entire story, but. You know, when Rob left, there was the same kind of pattern. There were interviews and and the band, you know, Glenn and you and others said, hey, we've got Tim in. It's a fresh blood. It sounds great. And, and you know, we wish Rob well. And But eventually he comes back and you have that conversation. Why do you think it's different this time? Because if you look at it from a business standpoint, having more original members on a stage is better for everyone. It's better for the fans. It's better for promoters. It's better for guarantees for the band. Why do you think we're not having the same conversation as we're having when Rob decided to come back? Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's it's a good question. Um, like I say, Rob was welcome back after fourteen years, um, and um, and like I say, we didn't restrict Rob in any way, and I do say, you know, in the year, the same year that I left, at the end of that year, I mean, Robert had released two solo albums, studio albums, and did his own tour, including the Ozfest with the Hartford Band. So, you know, he was, uh, Rob was happy, you know, in, Ian and Scott, you know, I mean, everybody was was uh, was, was was okay, you know, everybody was fine. Um, but, um it's just um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not on that side of the fence. So I can't really answer all the questions, you know. Um, but uh, it, it is what it is. I thought that when um, obviously myself and Glenn were the, the headstrong people. If anybody was going to rub antlers, it was us two, you know. But well, I guess we were the, the driving force, really, you know. And uh, and we were very successful at it. So. It was a good thing for so long, but I say everything kind of um, reaches an end, and, um, and and I think for that reason, I think when Glenn and Nancy wasn't going to continue anymore, you know, um, I thought that it would be an opportunity for me to uh, to step in if that was um, the mainstay of the uh, predicament that was going on, you know, um, and and that's why I said that I was shocked and stunned that that didn't happen you know the rest of the guys didn't invite me you know or at least let me know I just want to clear that up for lots of fans say well KK why didn't you ask why didn't you pick the phone up to the guys but the first I heard I was you know Glenn was replaced 
Um, I, I found out at the same time as everyone else did. You know, uh, before it, I, I didn't have a clue. So, so that you know, that was the choice. You know, um, um, that was the choice. I mean, I don't think anybody's asked um, Rob Glenn and, and Ian and the guys. You know, why didn't you pick up the phone to KK? You know, um, and get um, a pretty good answer, at least to see. You know, kind of. Uh, my response, <laughs> you know, <laughs> either here or there, you know. Um, like I say, it wasn't, it wasn't, we weren't, you know, we were, we, we got along pretty good. It was just the internal kind of political things that was getting to be a problem for me, you know. Other than that, we got on really well, you know, socially, and uh, there was never any issues, you know. Um, and I didn't do anything wrong, you know. I was loyal to the priest. I was the guy that was really, absolutely, 100% loyal. You know, I didn't do solo albums. I didn't play with anyone else, you know. I didn't want priest was everything to me, you know. Um, yeah. and, and it was kind of tough, you know, when Glenn said, you know, I'm going to do some solo albums, you know, and because you, you have to sing them. And the same with Rob, when people in your band say they... They want to play with other people. It's kind of a, you know, it's kind of, well, you know, you just have to accept it and let people express themselves, you know, in the way that they want to. But, you know, deep down you think, oh, I wish you wouldn't really do that, you know, if you've got, because my theory is if you've got really good material, give it to priest. And if it's not good enough for priest, don't do it because it could embarrass you, you know. Yeah, I agree with that point of view. Um, let me ask you this. When... When Rob decides to come back, or, or let's look at the other side. If Rob hadn't come back, if the priest had been as um, as they are with you now, where they're saying, no, we're not going to have uh, KK back, but if you had not in invited Rob back, do you think priest would still exist today? Or do you think that would have been an incredibly horrible mistake to keep him out and have this sort of same hard line of, no, once you leave, you're out. Leave us alone. Yeah, well, I think when when Rob left, you know, you make the best of it because we didn't have a choice. You know, again, we have to go ahead, you know, uh, without Rob because he'd made a decision and there was going to be, you know, and we allowed Rob quite a few years, to be fair, um, in which to change his mind, you know, and come back, you know. But I think it was after five or six years, you know, we were, you know, um, we found Ripper. And and went forward without uh, another choice. Um, so, but inevitably, you know, I've got kind of got this theory that I do tell people. You know, um, there is a voice that's synonymous with with each band, isn't there? Mick Jagger, the Rolling Stones, Bruce Dickinson, Iron Maiden. You know, with a couple of exceptions. You know, um, to the rule, but um, Ian Gillan, Deep Purple. You know Freddie Mercury, Queen. It kind of goes on, you know, and and that's what the fans were kind of portraying to us, really, as great a singer as Ripper is. That obviously Rob is the voice of Judas Priest, you know, um, and you can kind of understand them wanting it, the return of that because they grew up with it, you know, from a young age as fans, you know. Um, so that's a very un understandable. Um, situation really so um, 
But you but, know, and, and you and you said before, Mitch. Really, the more, and I have to agree, the more original people on the stage, you know, the it seems to have a benefit. I think, really, you know. I mean, for me as a fan as well, you know. Well, it, it has a great benefit. Uh, I've seen plenty of contracts where it says you need to have X amount of original members on the stage for us to book you to this festival, for us to book you. And I'm not just talking about priests. There's all kinds of bands that have changed members. And and promoters do put that in contracts that we need. You know, it's been reported many times in 2003, 2004, Kiss toured with Aerosmith. And the promoter said, we need three original KISS members, or this is not happening. So there, there is money to be made. Um, you know, Heavy Duty Days and Night, your book, how, how much of an effect do you think that has had on the current situation? Do you think if you had left Priest, gone and done the golf course and, and the other things you were doing and had not released a book, that they would have called and said, hey, it's time to come back? Do you, do you think the book has put a stop to to an invite? Um, I think that um, I think by the time I did the book, I'd already resigned myself uh, the way that I was being treated, you know, by the band, you know, uh, uh, and um, business wise, you know, um, was on, you know, there was it was unfair, and um, and um, you know, but there's obviously. But um, I think that I'd already, already resigned myself to the fact that um, that um, there was going to be no no at no turning point, you know. Um, and I was in that direction that that I, I felt pretty frustrated about the whole thing. Um, how I was being treated, really, um, and still am. And um, I think that um, I just I was invited to do the book, and lots of people have done one. And I thought that you know there was a lot of pressure on me because you know not uh, not everyone had an insight as to how things like that could happen. You know, um, where obviously the whole thing with priests, you know, was was you know going back to the 60s it was i was there you know as a young kid putting the whole thing together and the fans have to realize that you don't just walk away from something like that it's a massive part of you something is seriously not right you know to do that it's like to end any long-term relationship it's something pretty critical that happens you know and um and i felt that i was you know being, I was levered, you know, uh, for want of a better word, levered in a direction, you know, and uh, and and that's kind of how it felt, really. Um, you know, I I had actually um, owned and managed and run, you know, the 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 estate, you know. Um, in fact, you know, I started. Um, um, the golf course was built in 2003, you know, um, and um, I've been running a management and I had a team and all sorts of things, you know, and I've been running the whole estate as, an, you know, 
um, as an agricultural estate and everything uh, since 1985. You know, I had people to take care and look after things. You know, um, you know, but when things were getting less and less right in the band, then other options start to look. You know, I think it's um, it's. You know, I thought as well, maybe it's my time to, you know, maybe something, maybe I'll go and play with other musicians, you know. I mean, everybody's done it. It was frustrating, really. Like saying that last year, Rob had been touring around the States and everything with a Halford band. It starts to get, you know, um, I just felt that I was pledging my allegiance, but, you know, it wasn't 100%. You know, everybody else wasn't doing his 100%. Do do you at this point regret having left? Do you, do you look back and think maybe I should have just gone to Maui for three months and gotten my head straight and then come back? Or, and and I'm not suggesting that your head needed to get straight, but you know what I mean. Do you think that maybe you should have just you know gone to southern Italy for six months and then said, "All right, boys, vacation over. Let's get back to work," rather than walk away? Um, I don't know, Mitch. As I said before, you know, everybody has a perception the priest is a massive band and that, but, you know, in reality, so many other bands, you know, um, just became much more bigger commercially, really, than priests, you know, when it comes to packing people in, you know. Um, we were overtaken, and, and and I felt that, you know, we should have been um, every bit... Um, as successful, you know, as a lot of other bands, you know. Um, and it just didn't seem to be... It just seemed on a, uh, to be on a decline, that's all. And whether, as I said before, whether it was commitment from, you know, other members in the band, 100% like I was or not, I don't know. But something wasn't right about the whole organisation, you know. Um, the whole thing wasn't right, Um we just weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing, I think, in the way of yeah. being a successful band, you know. Um, I, yeah, I can I can agree with that. I mean, you know, like the, on, on Monday I'm seeing Iron Maiden at the um, Bell Centre in Montreal. It's sold out, 20,000 people. I think that if you look back in the 80s, Judas Priest was just as important and just as vital and I recently saw Judas Priest in Albany in a theater that held uh, a little over 1,500. And, and you scratch your head and go, wow, why are they not playing the arena? You know, why are they not doing... But anyway, um, l let me ask you this. Uh, Les Binks is, has a band out called Priesthood, and they're doing the 40th anniversary of Unleashed in the East. Is that something that at some point might interest you to put together a K.K. Downing's priest something and go out and, and play the songs? Or is what less less doing not of any interest to you? That That's just not your yeah. thing. Yeah, no, I, I thought about it, you know. Um, I thought about it, you know. I mean, I've, um, I've met, met up with Les, you know, and he's doing his thing. Um, I think um, that... Um, you know, all kinds of things have been said, you know. Um, I mean, I know that Andy, you know, who 
Tricot from Glen. You know, at one point I read um, somewhere in the press, he said that, you know, he is not sure if he was in it for the long haul. You know, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, it's, um, I, I don't know. I think that, I think that Judas Priest was my whole life, and and that's what I was thinking, really, Mitch. You know, it's you know, if I'm not in Priest, what am I in? <laughs> you know, and um, and you know, when you've had the best, then it's hard to settle for second best in a way. But um, not to say that at some point in the future, done right, um, it could be very, very good. Um, I'll just have to see. Like I say, I'm getting back on the stage again, and um, and um, and I'll just have to see how much that whets my appetite. But I'm very much looking forward to doing it. Well, listen, I hope it whets the appetite enough. And and Andy Sneap is, of course, a record producer and now guitarist in Priest. And and I do think at some point uh, he has to think about the future and get back to record producing because, like it or not, I think Priest is down to probably the last five, six, ten years at, at the at the most. And both Richie and Andy aren't going to end their career in ten years, so they sort of start they they got to start thinking about what's next, right? So hopefully. Um, yeah, um, I think the guys have got um, quite a few gigs booked next year. So, but um, like I said, I know Andy, and Andy, and I said it before, and people took me wrong completely. But Andy, you know, he's a great guy. I've been up to Andy's place, you know, up in Derbyshire, and um, you know, um, and um, we get along great. And like I say, when it happened, you know, uh, it did happen. So. You know, I was the first to wish him well, really. I wanted him to feel secure, you know, if, if that's what was going to happen. And um, and Andy's a, a good guy all round. Um, he's a godsend to metal, really, you know, as was, you know, Chris Tangaridis, you know, re, you know, God bless his soul. Um, you know, uh, both guitar players and producers and... Uh, and well able to get on a stage. And Chris was actually on the stage a fair few times. I saw some video with him playing in career as a younger guy, you know. Um, and, and so they're great attributes to uh, to any band. Well, they actually are. Um, let me just quickly ask, uh, ask you about selling the rights to your catalog. Uh, Dee Snyder sold his rights to his catalog from Twisted Sister, and he said, listen... I'm not going to be around for the next 25 years. I'd, I'd rather have this money up front. And also it puts me in a lower tax bracket. So it was a very wise business decision on his part to to sell that and, 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 and stuff. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, if you're subjected to uh, paying tax on your assets, <laughs> it's not fun every year. You know, you have to write a check and, um, you know, um, yeah, it, it is it is a thing with it. With, you know, tax situations, we all have a right to mitigate tax as much as we can. Um, but yeah, it's like a pension fund, really. I mean, all of my life, you know, we were writing that albums and songs and, you know, and, um, you know, I don't like the image, really. It was all, all, at all, all, at any point, you felt that you were, you know, um, doing the right thing, you know, because uh, it was a lot of hard work, you know, enjoyable but hard work, you know, but building um, some kind of uh, pension for 
because you never know what's going to happen. An illness can stop you playing. An accident can stop you playing. So you have to do a bit like a footballer, really, you know, a soccer player or, I, I, I suppose. Um, you know, if you get injured, you, you, know, you get pensioned off. Um, but, yeah, there does, there does come a time, really, when uh, it makes sense to... Uh, liquidate the uh, the money really as opposed to it sitting there and um, being subject to any uh, tax liabilities that makes a lot of sense yeah and so it, it's a good business decision now in the um, little press release I guess for the lack of a better word you said that uh, you wanted to move forward uh, and, and and well let me let me read this here it says um, uh, there is a you said there's a huge difference between wanting to and having to move forward. But now that now that we're here, what is the moving forward for you? What what is sort of the next step? What what do the next five years look like? Well, I think um, one one sense moving forward is not thinking that um, that you might not have to move forward. You know, so <laughs> if you can, if you actually. Um, recognize that one day that you know you need to stop thinking about what might happen you know uh because it might never happen so you need to move forward from that train of thought is one way of moving forward um other than that it's um you know for the first time in my life jumping on the stage with other musicians since 1969 you know since the very very early days um, playing with another entity as opposed to Judas Priest, so that is that is um, you know that is uh, moving forward in another way. I guess it is, and and you know since it started in fifty in sixty nine, that that puts us as at fifty years. How do you how do you celebrate fifty years of being a working musician? Well, that's a good question. I guess. Um, I guess the band will go out and do a celebratory 50-year anniversary tour. I guess that's the uh, the, uh, the plan. Um, so I'm going to have to probably, um, don't know, have a party somewhere <laughs> with some friends. Who knows? Um, but I'll think a way of some kind of way to uh, to celebrate my existence as a guitar player, songwriter for. For fifty years, yeah, um, yeah, got to have some fun somewhere uh, when the uh, when the when the witching hour comes around. Well, it 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 will anyway. I I know we've 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 gone over it a hundred times, but I, I'm still baffled as to why things are different for you as they were for Rob. I mean that 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 just. You know, I saw fans online after this this little press release came out, and they go, "Oh, boo hoo, KK, you left. It's too bad." And it's like, well, yeah, but so did Rob. Like, why why are you not giving him the same respect that you you know? It it's it's mind boggling to me. I I think you should be there because forget band, brand is what it's all about, and the brand is stronger when you've got more original members. And I know we've said that, but I think it needs to be reiterated that promoters love original guys. And, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, yeah, and fans, well, I have to say, as a fan, you know, it's um, the more of the original band, yeah, yeah, I get that, but I, I do. But um, 
Um, yeah, so, you know, I'd just like to say to, you know, I mean, you said earlier on, you know, the fans do have a misconception about this thing. I mean, I read one thing where people, someone said on Blabbermouth, Kate, why does KK keep writing in and posting his shit you know, on Blabbermouth? The thing is, those guys never do interviews, right? They just... They um, obviously selectively pick interviews right. and then create a headline, you know, and sometimes they take what's said, you know, and put it out of context a little bit and it starts to have a different meaning. As I said before, you know, um, if I say that it um, seems like I don't have uh, an alternative but to move on, you know, that's different to um, saying... I want to move on. <laughs> it's saying that wanting to move on and not having a choice to move on, it's completely two separate things. So when you create a headline to the fans, you know, um, it's that's what puts the guys on a bomb steer. So I would say to all the fans, please, whatever you do, take the time out, as many of you obviously don't, to actually listen or read the original interview to listen and make your own minds up um, as to how everything is said and in what co- what context that everything is said. You know, is that good advice, Mitch? I think that, it is, that, really. That's great advice. And, and that, that's also why on this show I run the interviews in full. It's It's live to tape, and sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not great, but at least you hear me and the artist saying what they said. You don't get... Yeah some sanitized version or some, you know, tabloid version. You get you get it. Yeah, because when you have an interview from professional people like yourself, Mitch, I mean, you you know, we, we go back, uh, you know, away. And, um, and, um, and what I find out is actually sometimes the headline that's printed is nowhere near as interesting as a lot of things uh, you might hear in the, in the original interview anyway. And I'm sure that that is the case. So I definitely would like to try and recommend that um, everyone please take the time out to, uh, to, to log in and listen to the original um, interview, as I would as a fan, you know. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And first of all, I'll say... You know, the sites that take my interviews, I, I thank them immensely because it's important for me to have my name out there. And But at the same time, sometimes I look at the headlines and I go, wait a minute, there's there's 35 extra minutes of stuff that's a lot more interesting than that nugget you po- pulled out. Why are you pulling <laughs> that one out? You know, like, let's let's get the real thing. And I guess we'll 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 start wrapping up on this. Do you sense because again we're talking about headlines and media but do you sense that there has been an outward hostility towards you from the band members i've interviewed a couple and they're like well it's over with kk well too bad and and there just seems and i know that sometimes the headlines feed into that but is that a real perception or is that a misconception yeah um you know, from when I, you know, walked out, um, then there's been a, a concerted effort to, you know, to erase me completely. Um, I mean, while I'm on that subject, I mean, I know uh, Ripper in recent, you know, he feels that that there's been some kind of uh, attempt to erase 
which we need to look into seriously, really, because, you know, the albums that uh, Ripper appeared on, you know, they're just not available. And I've seen fans saying, where can we, you know, get frustrated because they can't, you know, uh, get the albums. It's a part of the Judas Priest history, and I'm extreme, extremely proud of it. And um, it just seems to, um, you know, have, have disappeared. And... Um, and I'm not happy with that situation, you know, but obviously I don't have any control. Um, I do believe that uh, Judas Priest, the brand, you know, we have the rights um, of the, you know, of those records. But, um, you know, I need to find someone that will speak to me and, and answer some questions about that also. Um, but, yeah, I think that that was the same sort of thing with me, really. It's okay. KK's gone today. Uh, tomorrow we want him really gone. <laughs> it seems to be that way. Um, that's kind of what's, uh, what the uh, the deal is. Yeah, it, it's a shame. But hey, may, I'm going to say this facetiously, but maybe less uh, you and Tim need to get out there and do a night of, of priests somewhere to celebrate the 50 years and just celebrate his era, your era, because, you know, uh, it could be yeah. fun. I mean, it well, could, could be a yeah, hoot. That could be fun. Like I say, I'm uh, I'm playing again pretty heavily now, so um, we'll uh, we'll rock on into yes. the future. And your chops are still there, right? You, you're still KK <laughs> Downing and Judas Priest. Yeah. You're, okay. uh, yeah. What did I hear? I even said, "Oh yeah, I might not be up to speed or something." I mean, give me a break. You know, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. No, it doesn't work like that. You know, when you've been a professional player for so long. I mean, put it this way: you could still, you know, I mean, you, you could have some of these golfers are in the sixties and seventies, and or even eighties. You know, Gary Player and that they'll still go around any golf course that we might want to play and shoot subpar rounds. You know, yeah. um, um, you could put a tennis racket into. Uh, and while you see some of these guys, don't you? Some of these guys are like in the 60s or even the 70s, you know, doing these exhibition matches, but they're still great tennis players, you know. Once you've won majors, you know, um, you can still kick anybody else's assets, you know, in the arena. <laughs> That's for sure. You, you absolutely can. And, and hopefully next year on the, well, actually it should have been the 50th anniversary this year, but hopefully as we get to 50th anniversary celebrations, all living members should be able to have some kind of stage time with the priest, and and let let's hope. I I would like to see you back. You know? Yeah, well, I didn't never had any issue whatsoever with Scott. You know, Rob, Ian. You know, we were always good mates. You know, and I am Glenn. Obviously, I had total respect for Glenn. Always have had, and always will have. It's just. Um, some mechanical things or whatever just got in the way and it just got to a point where, you know, um, something had to give. Um, you know, we just weren't doing, you know, what we should have been doing is what I think, you know, it just wasn't going the right way. Um, because, you know, the year that I left, you know, we weren't, Doing that well, I've got to be honest, you know, it wasn't as good as it should have been compared to a lot of bands that, you know, had supported us, you know, decades ago, had long overtook us and passed us. Um, so something wasn't right 
Mitch, and um, yeah. and and it didn't seem to be getting any better. You know, it really didn't. Um, um, but anyway, there it is. Obviously, um, I'll be on the stage. I hope um, everybody gets to check it out. Um, me with Ross the Boss, and uh, that's going to be fun because he's true blue. He goes back. You know, he's kind of. Uh, and Ross, yeah, I say Ross is in his sixties as well. So we, you know, we're, we'll be a good match there, and uh, we're full on metal, and uh, and that's what we're going to do, and it's going to be uh, a week tomorrow. Yeah, and it'll be terrific. And and I'm just looking at this. It says that it'll be your first public appearance since October seventeenth, two thousand nine. Wow. Is that right? I thought yeah. it was 2010. <laughs> well, well anyway, listen, I, 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 I'm quoting from a site. It says, this will be KK's first public performance since October 17, 2009, when Judas Priest played the final British Steel 30th anniversary date on the Notre Dame World Tour at Japan's Loud Park Festival in Chiba City. Now, perhaps that's wrong, but, but still, not, nine or ten yeah. years is, is still... Whether I can accept it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whether it's nine or ten years, it's it's way overdue. So let's yeah, hope this is the first of many. Uh, it, it is absolutely overdue, and I'm looking really looking forward to saying hello to all the uh, rock and metal fans. You know, um, and I say it's just one week away from today, so uh, good things are happening. Yes, and, and as we say in uh, Montreal, uh, merci beaucoup. Thank you for this, and. Um, yeah, it'll run as is, and folks will hear exactly what we said, and um, hopefully clear some stuff up. And you know, brand man, brand is brand is important, and let's get KK back in there because it'll it'll make the brand stronger. <laughs> okay, Mitch, we'll we'll see what happens in the future. But uh, like I say, all the guys in the current band, you know, they're. Uh, they're all they're all good guys, you know. We've got, um, but um, I just don't know why, you know. I just don't. I think that I don't know. I haven't heard the guys answer questions I would like to, you know. And I haven't seen them or heard them being asked questions, you know, um, as to as as much as I have. Obviously, I've done a lot of talking about, you know, the situation. But I don't see that happening, you know, um, the other way, really. You know, uh, people say, why didn't KK call them? But did anybody ever ask those guys and get an answer? Why didn't you call KK? Yeah. I've never heard it. Never heard it asked or responded to. It's really, it's it's silly. Anyway, uh, and by the way, uh, I'll just say clearly. I like every person in the band. I mean, I've met them all, and I have nothing against them. Just because I think KK should be there doesn't mean I hate anybody. I just want to be clear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I think that, that, that they will understand that. I know that. For a fact, I just you know. know that sometimes fans, you know, as, as a Kiss fan, I sometimes say, I would like to see Ace Fraley with the band right now. And people go, well, why do you hate Tommy Thayer? It's like, I don't hate Tommy Thayer. I just like to see Ace Fraley with Kiss. That's... Is that so wrong, you know? Anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, we did, we toured with Kiss 77, 78 or something. I had a great time, really, really enjoyed it. You know, got to play, you know, um, eight ball with uh, with Ace and, you know, a couple of the guys. And it, I treasured memories, you know. Um, 
we have to say, you know, that um, to me that that was Kiss, you know, um, but because I've got everybody's got those treasured memories of of seeing the band, you know, that they know and love. Yes, absolutely, and and seeing you uh, on stage with Priest—that's Priest, and that that doesn't mean Andy's not good. It doesn't mean Richie's not good. It just means that for thirty years. That's what we saw. That's our memory, and that's what we want to relive, and that's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, yes. As fans, we're all, all the same. You know, we're all the same. But, uh, but anyway. Yes. We'll keep moving. We'll keep moving. Cheers, sir. Have a good rest of the day. Okay, Mitch. Thank you very much for having me on. You know, and um, as I say, a big hello to all of the fans. You know, and uh, hope to see you all soon. Yes. Bon, merci. Bonsoir. Good night. Bye-bye now. Take care, Mitch. Take care. Bye-bye. You're listening to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFond. Rock Talk. <laughs>